Hello everyone and welcome to the Still Parents Podcast recap episode, taking a quick look back at our recent episodes 46 through to 50. Episode 46 was the first of two recent appearances on the podcast for Roy Presswich after he and his wife Mim dealt with two separate losses in the space of a year. Lenny was delivered shortly after that, but he wasn't breathing. Um, And we kind of knew that lots of babies may have a certain amount of meconium aspiration and they need a bit of resuscitation. Yeah. And we thought, I kind of thought, oh, well, they'll, you know, they'll give him a shake and yeah. a rub and a bit of oxygen and stuff and he'll, he'll come around. Yeah. He was lay on the, the sort of resuscitation table next to Mim and I was on the other side of the bed. They were trying to resuscitate him and it just kept going on and on and on. And it was like, shit. Yeah. This is really bad. This is, this is not good. And I, I've worked in a hospital before. I used to work as a, a healthcare assistant years and years ago. Right. Um, so I know the sounds and they, they called the arrest call at some point and I just thought, oh shit, this is bad. This is really bad. Ignorance um, is bliss, isn't it, Roy? Yeah, and then like everything started to come crushing down and I was like, I kept looking at the clock and I, I'm from like a sort of, I'm knowing that 20 minutes has passed and he's not taken a breath yet. And I'm thinking, oh no, like, yeah. this is horrible. No person should be in this position. <laughs> and then, then the, the, the anaesthetist who was, who was trying to resuscitate Lenny turned around to me and I'll never ever forget that face. He turned around to me and he said, I'm really sorry, there's nothing more we can do. And like, I was like, everything everything's broken like what what it's interesting what you said about the look in um yeah in the person's eyes because i i had that with callie when we lost callie i'll 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 take that look with me forever because neither me or crystal were there for callie's birth but when Mm -hmm. the the doctor came into the room she has to deliver the news but how do you deliver that news to to another human being, really, right? You know, I know they're professionals, but they're also human, right? And and and, yeah. and I could tell, you know, as, as you said there, you can you can just tell, you know, you can you can tell with the look, with the body language, that something ain't right here, you know. And yeah, um, yeah. Does, and this is going to sound like a really ignorant question, but this is for for all of you. Do you do you believe it? You know that that moment, like you, as you've just been describing. Oh. <laughs> that's a good question, Dan. Because that's a, that's a, yeah, it, no, yeah. I didn't, and I still didn't believe it. Either. I mean, ours was slightly different, Roy, in, in the respect that we found out on a Friday that Lily's heart had stopped just shy of thirty-seven weeks, mm. and were sent home um, on the Friday evening, and then had to go back into hospital on the Sunday. And Amy gave birth to Lily then, and even when. Uh, Amy was giving birth and, and was in labour and was under every drug, any drug that she wanted because there was going to be no effect or anything like that on on the baby. Mm-hmm. Even when oh, yeah. Lily was, was born, you still expected a cry. Yeah. You still expect it because that's... Maybe they've got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I was just thinking, right. oh, it's all, it's all going to be fine. They've it's got it wrong. Ending, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's like but, a movie, you know. And it was just... It was just... Why, well, it was silent. It was a... That I've, 
tried to explain it in the past. It was like a deafening silence. And that's yeah. the point, right? Deafening yeah. silence, and it's deaf. And, and what I mean by that yeah. is that the it's almost like you've got so much going on inside your own head and mm. your own awareness of what's going on in that room and you just look around and everything visually is screaming at you and it's it's, it's almost like this big car crash this massive explosion of emotion and everything and but senses nobody's saying place, anything yeah. do you know the only way you can sort of explain it in mm. that respect is if you put something in your mouth that you, that is like quite strong in taste or something and you just get like a, a burst of yeah, like a flavor and spice stuff. or a spice or something, yeah, something like that. Like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what it was like, but, like, but, but silence and mentally, oh, yeah, yeah. visually, and everything, and and it was just deafening, absolutely deafening, in in just so many ways. It was just yeah, it was horrific. Thank you for sharing that, Roy, because I can yeah, thanks, I, we can see or you know that's not an easy thing to kind of tell back, right? You know, no, no, it's not. And I've told a lot of people the story, and like I don't mind sharing the story, mm. but it's just. I think for anybody, it's it's just heartbreaking. It's just a tragic story, and but it, it's part of my story and it's part of Lenny's story. Absolutely, and that's really important to me. So thanks, thanks for listening to it. James Gibney was our guest on episode forty-seven, where he stressed the importance of hearing people use their baby's name. You just got to say the baby's name. Yeah. Simple as that. Well, how do you feel when you hear Edward's name? Love it. Uh, absolutely great. Um, to the point where. It's quite difficult sometimes. A lot of the close family, even in Christmas cards that we give to the kids, it's got his name in. Yeah. Um, so then other people, when they give you a card for Christmas and then they don't put his name in, yeah, it's he's part of the family. Absolutely. And, yeah. and ultimately, you want people to remember him. And I said it, it hurts a little bit when when people don't yeah yeah let, let's look at it like this 13 years six years 18 months we're all saying the same thing yeah and we've always said the same thing and everybody who comes on says the yeah. same thing and that is say the name yeah you know they're, they're not just a baby yeah this is my my son or my daughter you know and if there's something that people are listening to now who um have come across this podcast for the first time or they're listening this evening or something like that is literally the one thing that bereaved parents want. Yeah. Yeah. Say the name. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even if you don't know what to say, it can be something like thinking of you after, you know, losing Edward, losing for, for this lad today on Twitter, Dexter. You know, it, it, it's just so important. Yeah. It's soulless otherwise. It's, it's, um, and, 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 it, and it, yeah, I think, it's a great point. I think this is where the education side comes in around the whole subject is that what Ryan was saying about the, the Twitter, the Twitter feedback this morning, you know, this is where people need to be educated as far as, as we said, there are children, there always will be our children. Yeah. You know? I've got to say in terms of like with my job, again, I've been absolutely brilliant. However, there's still certain people that would avoid you if you're sat in the canteen mm. or certain people that don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's unfortunately, there's some people that find it more comfortable. I went into work and was quite open about. I wanted people to ask me questions and to be able to discuss yeah. Edward and the situation and what we've been through. How long were you off work for, and how? Um, what was it like doing what you do, going back while you're dealing with grief? Yeah, so I, I sort of was quite open to say what I felt comfortable doing and what I felt able to cope with, and in terms of any time that I needed off, I think it was a couple of. Uh, it was about eight weeks. 
um, eight to 12 weeks I was off work and then slowly phase returning to work and then just, did you feel ready did you want to go back because the reason why I'm asking yeah. is you had a couple of guests on who I think it was one of our earlier episodes didn't want to be off at all because he just yeah. threw himself into the job and then it hit him at a later hard yeah so, so again I quite like having a routine if yeah. I hadn't have gone back to work I think I would have found it quite difficult to go back to work at all so it's okay. like yeah. getting back into yeah. that routine yeah. Having to get out of bed to go to work. Yeah. Obviously, having having the girls, having the girls, having, having suppose, to take them yeah. to school, having to do that sort yeah. of stuff. So it still gives you that structure that you can't just stay in bed and, that's and what, not have to get out. And of. that's what me. That's what looking yeah, yeah. back, looking back now. That's what I found. Not you know, because obviously we've gone on to have Etta now, and and those times that where I am feeling down or feeling kind of having a moment or whatever, Etta's there. Yeah, and that makes it that softens the blow a little bit, and then you know she's five now, so she's at that stage where she's just funny, and she doesn't realise she's funny, yeah. but she is. Well, she does realise she's funny. But, um, but, but it, if she takes after you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she, but she, she, she takes away that little bit of pain and a little bit of you know, and I'm sure that's what happened well, with, with yeah, you. I really, mean, that, like, you know. the difficulty was that the girls obviously expected us because they went to bed on the 28th and right. they were asleep so they and they were older they, as well they're older yeah, so they yeah. obviously so it's Ruby and Betsy is it yeah. so 13 and 8 now so yes. uh, so it's what's nearly two, yeah so what 11 and 11 and 6 yeah. uh, I guess around the time yeah um, so they Oof. they sort of were expecting us or them to come into hospital the next yeah. day to come and visit uh, their little brother so it was like speaking to them or on sort of FaceTime and stuff at the hospital and them saying, can we see him? Can we see him? Mm. And having to make that decision then to tell them. Did you tell him in, was it? I, it was via like yeah, okay. a FaceTime sort of call and to say like, I'm really sorry. But yeah, <sighs> that like, that all, I think of all the things, that was one of the things Absolutely. that was the most difficult yeah. and still haunts yeah. me in that respect now because... Yeah, just seeing their faces go from sheer happiness to like, can we see him? Can we see him? And then just... just How just long were you on the call way. for after that? Like, with it? Um, like, not it, Probably not too long, no, to be honest. Yeah, just, but, and my mum was with them yeah, yeah, and yeah. the girls at the time. And yeah, and, and it was making the decision while we were in hospital whether or not they were going to come in to see him. Right. Um, but we agreed at the time that managing our emotions and their emotions in the hospital probably wouldn't have been the easiest thing to, okay. to, have, to have done. Yeah. yeah. And it's whatever feels right yeah. for... Uh, how do you, with a bit of hindsight, not that it really makes any difference, but would, well, yeah, how do you feel about that now? So subsequently, after Edward came back uh, following the PM, we, and he was buried in Cornwall, Edward was buried in Cornwall. Yeah. So, um, it's where you're originally from, is that right? That's correct, yeah. yeah. So we made the decision that my dad and I um, went to the hospital and picked Edward up and transported him to Cornwall. Oh wow! So okay. we went in um, to the hospital, and obviously, then I lifted him out and put him into um, in, into the casket. Um, you drove down, with and him? then we drove down to Cornwall with him um, in the car. What, and what kind of... Cornwall's a yeah. special place for us, and yeah, yeah, wanted to spend that time with him, taking him to Cornwall, and not for him not to be on his own. Um, so we we went to Cornwall to the Chapel of Rest in Cornwall. Um, it was a sort of spur of the moment. The girls came with us um, to the chapel arrest and then they saw him um, in the chapel arrest. So they did get to meet him. And okay. so we have photographs with them together and stuff like that. And How ultimately, and still bearing in mind, it's what, 18 months ago, nearly two years, are, are your, your your daughters, how's, how are they with it? And, and um, 
I think obviously being yeah. you know, the ages that they're at. I think the eldest um, going through the teenage years now is not sort of maybe not as open or doesn't talk about stuff yeah. as much. Um, the schools have been really good, good. Um, in terms of offering support and stuff. And um, with the youngest, she'll she talks about Edward all yeah. the time and, and quite open and ask questions and and you um, as the parents you've got to especially when they were younger maybe for your youngest you, you've got to you've got to verbalise it in a way that you do to yeah. a child and you don't use yeah. the same vernacular do no. you and it's 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 difficult yeah so when we came out of hospital and left Edward on the on New Year's Eve and went back to the girls we sort of each wrote a letter or a poem we, we sort of to say what we wanted to say to yeah. him and then on New Year's Eve, went up to a hillside um, again. Same one. Yeah. yeah. And watched fireworks for New Year's and then um, read what we'd written to him. So sort of include him and part of the family. And again, it was That's just... a nice moment. It was yeah, really, really uh, as nice as it can be at that moment in time. Yeah, say nice, but yeah. yeah. Connor O'Sullivan joined us on episode 48 after he and wife Lauren lost their baby Evie shortly after she was born in April 22. This has been going on for over 24 hours. It sounds like yep. you're on your third sort of staff change and you finally get a, a midwife comes through and, and possibly starts picking up on something. Yeah. Um, yeah. What conversations were you, if you can recall, you and Lauren having at this point? Well, we're very open with each other with how we're feeling yeah. and we always have been. But we also both, we're both very anxious people anyway. Right. So it was kind of like we didn't really, for, even throughout the night, because we were kind of reassured by other nurses and midwives, we didn't really think that anything was going to be massively wrong or we just kind of thought get through the night, get her home to get her home with us and with her grandparents who we live with and we'll go from there and it will be fine. Yeah. And then obviously when the nurse started to pick up on that and then she was taken away, it was a lot of reassuring from both of us just saying it's going to be okay. Like. We didn't know. I, I didn't know the extent of any problems. I just thought they were having problems with the machine at first. Yeah. I think when they put her on that machine, they said that she needed to be on oxygen just because she wasn't getting enough to her. And then she was like transported down to the NICU without an incubator, so she wasn't given the oxygen when she was being transported down there. And then she was eventually down there. A doctor come to see us after we had been down to see her for a few hours. Like time was passing. It was just so much of a blur. The doctor kind of just explained to us that she seems that she's got an infection. She might be in there for like a couple of days. So So it doesn't seem like anything terrible. She might be in there for a little bit longer if the infection has spread. But so, so although things aren't ideal, you know, it's the last thing that you want to hear. You know, you've you've just your wife's just given birth, and you're hearing about infections or colic, but nothing at all. These are pretty, you know, run of the mill things that babies have not long after birth. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's kind of how I was feeling. I thought, yeah, I can deal with. I can deal with her being in there for the two days we'll come and see yeah. her when we can so you mentally prepare we'll for that don't you? then you have this sudden jump from that from colic yeah. or an infection to to tragedy yeah we spoke to lauren's mum, and she come to see us so we went outside while evie was just in with the doctors in the incubator and everything was kind of just we we hadn't heard from them since they initially said that mm. Uh, so we just had a bit of time outside with our mum. It was kind of like we all didn't really know the severity of it, but we seemed 
what I remember, we were all okay. It was kind of just all reassuring each other. And then by the time we got back upstairs, me and Lauren, after uh, I was pushing her in a wheelchair because she still didn't have full use of her legs properly. Yeah. By the time we got back through the door upstairs, we walked in and as literally as we were sitting down, the doctor came in to see us and was kind of just saying, this was around, I think, I think about 12.30. He just said that she had deteriorated, that they were going to try and get in touch with another hospital because they, they didn't know if they had the capacity to deal with it there and that they were also, I don't know, he said it, it that was something that he said earlier, sorry. Um but yeah, he just basically said that she had deteriorated and that from then on it was kind of like yeah. we both gave each other that look and yeah. I think Lauren even said to me that she kind of just knew then oh, right. it wasn't wasn't going to be good. And then we eventually we went down there to the NICU and they were constantly trying to resuscitate her and a couple of times it worked and they were trying to tra- uh, give her bloods and stuff. Yeah. But eventually at around... Um, around like 20 past one, I think around that kind of time, yeah. they asked for permission to stop trying because nothing was working. And they said that the amount of times that they had had to resuscitate her, that the damage that she's been through would have been okay. hard enough. <sighs> wow. It's like, a, it's like a dagger, isn't it? It's where we can all relate in the sense of even though we, we say this all the time, that all stories are different around this subject, we're all connected by that loss. And, and you know, you, you're part of a, a new world, which you didn't yeah. think you were going to be part of. Exactly, yeah. How are you now? Uh, I'm, I'm good now. I mean, obviously, I have my down days and yeah. there are some things that I don't think I'll ever be able to get over, so to speak, but I'm happy... We've had where I am. We've we got married since. Okay, congratulations. So we've, we've we've done a lot of stuff. I think. Yeah. When um, we was still in the hospital, we stayed a few nights with Evie yeah. after she passed in a cold cot. Yeah. And one of the things that me and Lauren said to each other, we must have said it about a hundred times while we was in there, was one that we have to continue her legacy on, which we've been trying to do so much. And two, that we have to be really open with each other on how we're feeling and we have to help each other by helping ourselves. After the loss of your child, when do you have that conversation about trying again? This is one of the things that Gareth Haycock talked to us about when he joined us on episode 49. I don't know, it was weird. Kind of give us some... Even, it was scary, you know, but... Yeah. It's like, if you don't do it now, will you have the guts to do it in a year's time or two years' time? And yeah. Obviously, a woman's got a biological clock, so it's like, yeah. just let's, you know, let's let's go for it if it's meant to be. And and, and the twins, are they boy-girl uh, or boy-boy, girl-girl? Identical boys. Oh. Okay. So I hope you don't mind me asking you this question. I know it can be quite a tough question as well. How... Did you find that next pregnancy and then knowing that they were boys rather than a girl? You're happy with whatever child as long as they're healthy and that, but no, another girl couldn't replace her. No, absolutely. Yeah. You don't feel like she's being replaced mm. by another a girl, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, the, no. She's got two brothers. Yeah, absolutely. And how were your other children 
following um, obviously Poppy's Poppy's death. Like my daughter's just turned sixteen. Okay. Um, okay. So obviously that age they don't open up much to the analyzing mm. phones. Uh, but the, <laughs> my little boy, he were only two at the time, and he he kind of invested in it. I, re- I remember the Friday because it's and he went up to Claire's belly. I'm like, Poppy, come on, wake up, you know. Mm. And he oh, kind of he knew what were happening and he knew what would come in. And mm. yeah, so it was tough. So. With the boys, we, we kind of kept it to a minimum of people knowing. We just didn't want to put people through it all again if worse were to happen and stuff like that. So. Mm. We, did, we did that. I'm interested to hear what, what Gareth says on this as well because yeah, I think it was we, we'd, we'd shared Callie on social media and friends and once we'd found out she was our first so we're you know buzzing and we want everyone you know you want the world to know right? You want you know the fact that you've got you've got a kid on the way but this time, Crystal wanted to keep it away from kind of social media, as you said, and, and, and kind of not telling as many people as we needed to. And, and I think it was part of a protection for us. I think once you've been through it once, unfortunately, yeah, you, you can't... It, it, we've said before, it takes the naivety away. I was about to come exactly onto that. Yeah, because um, it's something that you've mentioned, isn't it? It takes that naivety. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I... So I'm very interested to see... Was that a con- obviously was it? It was a conscious decision then, Gareth, to kind of just tell only a certain people, I guess, about this about this pregnancy after Poppy. Yeah, the the circle who did get told, you know, very small. And my wife even come off um, social media just, you know, to be away from things. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So the I think she might have been on it to start with, but once she got past first trimester, she just like come away from it all just to. Stay away Doesn't that show how powerful social media is as well? Like oh, how, how like how psychological it can be, and you know, and how it can really affect you, like every on a day to day level, and, yeah. without you realising. And this is for us well. now who remember, you know, what it's like pre social media era. Imagine what it will be like in another generation or two when it's yeah, just. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much every every fibre of everyone's fabric anyway, yeah. daily. Something which Matt and and Ryan have mentioned before. And previous guests, and it's it's coming back on to when you found out that you were expect you guys were expecting you're having the twins, and you still want to enjoy the pregnancy. But were you able to after what you'd been through a few months earlier? No, not not really. No, and um, obviously we we being told the twins, it were like mm. yeah, the added you know risks this with is that a, as well. An high risk pregnancy, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's the last thing you want to be told after going through what you've gone through and. You know, you have a few little mixed, I mean, I had mixed emotions like, well, is it two chances to get one, you know, initially when you're told? But then as the pregnancy's going, you're like, it's got, it's too hard, it's all or nothing, you know, you don't, you don't want to be walking the way we want to act. So mm. you definitely want you to, and mm. yeah, it was awful. <laughs> when, <laughs> it couldn't have been any worse after what you... When you yeah, first found out one. it was twins, and obviously, you know, you have that, you're happy and you're full of joy and you've got them, but there's that, just, you know, in that first instant, we are like, oh, shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> about three years ago, my sister, um, she's kind of a bit spiritualist in them, and she's always said, I've had a vision you having twin boys, guys. No way. It happens so like. Bet she's well happy about that. Can now. she tell me the lottery numbers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Questions just actually come up on um, on the live stream, Gareth. 
And the question, it's from Jack Taylor. We had Jack on a few weeks ago and he's been on a couple of times. And he's asked, when people who don't know you ask how many children you have, what do you say? And do you find people don't know what to say if you... Well, actually, I suppose that's that second part is, is leading on to potentially what your answer would be. So I suppose the first question is, what you know, what do you say when people say how many children do you have? Yeah, um, I said five, but I know what you mean. Sometimes... If say if you read the four, you say five, they'll be like, "Well, where's you know?" What I mean, so these it's like Claire when we were going to you know scans and stuff, oh, is this your first? And mm. she, you know, she'd always look to me as like, "What do I say?" And it's like, "No, it's not." You don't need to tell them why you know or what's happened, but just it's not your first. You are a mum already. So, um, but I remember being asked by um, a friend, and he's like, "Oh, how's your family?" and you know, I'm like, well, apart from missing one, yeah, I suppose we're all right. Yeah, but you've still got two, haven't you? Oh, like, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> There's the... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> What's your response to that, Gareth, just out of interest? Is it... Do you... It's such a weird thing for someone. I can't get my head around why someone would think that was all right to say. I don't get it. But I think people say well, things like that because they... We've said people don't like being put into a position awkward, where, yeah. where yeah. they feel awkward. And I think people just genuinely say it because they don't want the awkward silence yeah. of not knowing what to say. How do you respond to that, though, Gareth? The F word won't well, be. Well, <laughs> yeah. I should have him effing free, not to. It's an adult show. Feel free if you want to yeah, say the yeah. word, you can do it. It's fine. <laughs> but it is, it's true though, isn't um, it? it but is. Yeah, I think, I suppose they, they yeah. think they're probably replying with a positive. Well, you, you have got to, you yeah. know. We're, like I say, we're out and properly thinking what they have just said, but yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's coming from a good place, isn't place. it? That's why they're your friends in the first place. It's just knowing the right way and how and when. I've said to people in the past, when I, I'll, I'll never forget there was a teacher who said to me, oh, well, at least you've, at least you've still got Alfie. Yeah. And I knew they'd got kids. And I just went, okay, so which one will you fucking yeah. give up then? Yeah, you've, you've said as that a, a lot. As yeah. if to yeah, say, yeah, you know, yeah. like, yeah. okay, I've, I've got Alfie, great. But that doesn't mean that, yeah. you know... When Gareth mentioned that, It's I not remember. like an episode of Bullseye where <laughs> it is what you could have won. Yeah. Do you know what? Because it's not like that, but the way people do talk to you sometimes is like, I'll, I'll never forget but I've the known, way he said I've, it. I've known, you like, a, yeah. I've you, known you a long time and Ryan has, Ryan's always said that response and that's always... Yeah. It's always hit me when you said that the first time and I thought, you know what? It's a brilliant point. It is. You've mentioned it on it's this show. When Gareth point. mentioned that, that was the, the, the reference point I was trying to first go back to into my head because you mentioned this way back in the early days. Days. Yeah, yeah. Which one would you? Which one would you give up? What yeah. sort, I don't know what sort of question that is. But, but again, where where has that come from? How did that person feel when they said it? It's like, oh shit, hang on, that's a bit stupid on me. It, uh, listen, I'm not gonna. I'm not throwing people out. No. I'm not throwing people under. The it's bus a conversation, like isn't that. it? That's, it's a that's conversation. What we're here for. And I'm not gonna throw people under the bus that that I know and that are close to me and so forth. But I've had people that are close to me say say it. Mm. And again, I've used exactly the same response. Yeah. And haven't been able to get an answer. Mm. Because ultimately, there is no answer yeah, yeah. Well, you're to right. it. Yeah, you're right. and, and it is. It does then put them back. You're throwing the ball straight back into the, their half mm. of the court uh, and saying to yourself, and sorry, and saying to them in, in, a, in, a, in a different sort of ways, engage before you open your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Sort of thing. And finally, for this recap, episode 50, where Ryan, Matt and myself talked about the journey so far and reaching a landmark episode. So 50 episodes, gentlemen. Massive. We, Huge. 
we started this at the end of Matt's going to correct me so Matt's just you might as well just say it 2020 the end yeah. of 2020 November wasn't it November, November 2020 it was when we were putting to the um the second lockdown the second lockdown yeah. weren't it yeah so covid was still a thing it was second lockdown in the UK was just underway and Ryan had mentioned uh, about the idea of doing a podcast for a little while so we thought there is no time like the present let's just get it done and we started and we were all in fact I, at this point I still hadn't actually met Matt in, no you hadn't in, in actually person. no well, sure, surely no. I met nope we were all there in our living rooms, in our various rooms, on Zoom without any microphones. And there were six of us that night. There was the six, yeah. One. Yeah. And we, we, we started just to do this as a six episode run yep. to give men a platform to talk and also to listen. In fact, while we're here, would you like to listen to a little clip back from our first ever episode? <laughs> this is going to sound horrendous, yeah. isn't it? So here we go. This is, this is how we started things off uh, just over two years ago. Um, yeah, good evening, everyone. Um, it's great to have you uh, watching us live um, for our uh, first podcast. So it's um, it's exciting. It's it's something which we've wanted to do for a while. One thing that we did, uh, sorry, that we wanted to do in 2020 until that little virus called COVID came around was to try and do lots of uh, support for men um, and uh, highlighting that men suffer baby loss too and can quite often get forgotten um, in, in the grand scheme of things. So one of the things we wanted to do this year was to really support men. How does that make you feel hearing that back? Because I don't think you've heard that before. I did an erm tally there. <laughs> and I counted 15 erms. Yeah. Really? Listen, I've got I've got history with this, oh, haven't yeah. I? Because they used to you do it last week. They used to yeah. do okay tallies on me oh, when yeah, I was teaching. Course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I immediately go for the things which I think, oh, that is cringy. Mm. That is cringy. But to think about where we've come from to where we are now is absolutely it's quite frightening to yeah. think that the need for this podcast yeah. is greater now than it ever has been. Yeah, good point. Because obviously the view, uh, the viewing figures, the mm. numbers uh, of people listening. Yeah. The people who want to come on. Absolutely, both nationally and internationally as yeah. well. I don't think we... Personally, I don't think I ever set out thinking that didn't we... Didn't anticipate it. Didn't yeah. anticipate we'd be, we'd be as big as we are now. We've always said, haven't we, it's, it's one of those things because it's difficult because we want people to listen, but we don't want people to listen. Because yeah. if you are, it means that you're in pain or you know somebody that has lost and you're looking to support them. One thing I've learned as well over the last couple of years is because I guess for me, I'm, I'm coming in and I'm doing this and I'll, I'll just go home and start editing it. For you two, you're having every episode that we do, you're sort of reliving your pain that you've gone through and filling in people as well on bits of your journey. And you're doing it week in, week out. Mm. How do you feel about doing this podcast in, in relation to that? Has it helped you in any way? Uh, I, I be honest. No, no, I yeah. I'm, I'm, what I'm getting at is I'm sure there might have been some weeks when you haven't gone, oh, I don't, I don't want to do it today. I think, well, as you know, as you know and you've said many times, and, it's, and right, and it's interesting and rightly so, that I... I have I've barely listened to an episode. Yeah, and I think that's a subconscious thing for me, but yeah. also obviously, uh, you know, part of it. So I is it because at the start it was it's, it's difficult enough talking about it, but then to go back and hear yourself and and I know people who don't speak for a living. They quite often people don't like the sound of their own voices, and I always say, well, that's how you sound to every other person yeah. on the planet. You're the only one who hears it different. Yeah, yeah no, and I, but I, I think the big thing that stuck out for me is that. Um, I I feel the reason we've been it's gone so well is we've kept it simple. 
We haven't tried to complicate it. We haven't tried to... Because um... you've got a simple host, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but lovable. <laughs> you know I mean? See, that, that should be uh, my Twitter bio. But, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Simplehost.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we've got exactly the right feel for it. It'd be weird to do this with, you know, uh, like some big glitzy... Because it's, it's a serious thing, isn't it? And it, the most important part is the words that are coming out, yeah. your mouths, and I think for us personally, the journey that we've gone on from doing that on Zoom to renting a studio to right. Ryan just going, oh, do you know what? I'm going to build a studio. <laughs> 24 hours later, he built a studio. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, Ryan lived here for the whole of the summer last year. And yeah. I, I, it really impressed me because when, you know, I think you're both brilliant, very proactive, especially with everything that's gone on in your lives. And when you get your, the bit between your teeth about something, you just go and do it. And I've found that quite inspiring personally. It's, you know, just to, just to uh, self-indulge for a minute. It's very hard for me to go home in a bad mood when after I've spent time with you guys because it just makes me go, come on, Dan. It's like, I can't, after everything you guys have gone through and seeing the way that you deal and handle life, you know, and it's important that you know how big a thing that is. But I think that's what the loss does. And I think, you know, the fact that Ryan did last summer decide to just build the podcast studio, I think... I think that's the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. The, the loss means you can do whatever you want and actually you can get through anything because yeah. life, unfortunately, is thrown the worst thing at you yeah. that can ever happen, right? Do you know what, though? Some people, and I'm going to throw a spanner in the works here, some people, and we've spoken about it, might say, oh, it's a distraction. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose it is. Because it's what the men, it, it's what men do, isn't it? Yeah. We do things because then we don't have to think about other things. Yeah. We don't, and this wasn't built, the studio wasn't built with me using it as a distraction. It was built because we genuinely needed our yeah. own studio and we wanted yeah. to get our own studio and stuff. But the, the true story is we kept we, we felt a bit embarrassed at the old studio, thanks to Mill Street and Leamington Spa, because the amount of times we had to phone up the engineer just to come in and help <laughs> us out. And she'd always come in and go, you see that button there? It says on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we, we did feel a bit stupid on that night, didn't we, to be fair. Going back to what you just said, Matt, how do you, do you li I think you listen to it a bit more now, don't you? And I know Crystal started listening to, to bits and bobs of the show. Yeah, yeah, Crystal listens to it more than I do. Um, but I... I um, Does she review you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. She, uh, she, she says many times that she could do a better job. You know, but so... Um, but no, I, I see it as a podcast, but I don't even notice the microphone now. Yeah. I just see it as we're just talking. Mm. You know, I, I yeah. that's how I see it. Well, you know, yeah, I, that's good. You know, I see it as I would talk like this with Ryan in the office. That's how know? we want it. And yeah. yeah, and and then is because, Ryan on his phone when he's trying to talk to him in the office? No, yeah. like, <laughs> do you know? No. He spent the last ten minutes just staring at. <laughs> no, do you know what? I am listening to absolutely everything yeah. you're saying. Do you he's know very, what he's he is? Very, to be fair, he's very good at that. But um, but so yeah, Matt, you're saying so. Listening back to it now, do you how, how do you feel when you when you are you more comfortable with yeah. it? Because no. obviously, it's not only the podcast, but more time has, has, has passed. I mean, it's, is it eight years, nearly eight? Will it be eight? Seven it, this year. Will it, it will be seven this year. Since Cali passed. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. June. Yeah. Have you listened to it together? You're no. Crystal. I've listened to Crystal's one, I must say. Yeah. Because I, that helped me reflect on our relationship I really well. enjoyed that episode because it was from the, purely from, uh, well, uh, mostly from the relationship dynamics mm. and the way you were so honest and open, the pair of yeah. you. On that episode, episode yeah. number forty-four, the links in here. How did you find that when Amy, your wife, came on, Ryan? Because that was just uh, around about a year, just over a year ago as well. I agree with Matt. I think it's nice to be able to see the dynamics, but also to to sort of see what what they think of you yeah. and what your grief journey is, but from somebody else's yeah, eyes. Point. 
and the experience, obviously, that she has been my wife and seeing how I have been. Mm. Because I think sometimes we can, we don't usually look at ourselves in that way yeah, and, yeah. and and evaluate our journeys as we do because yeah. we're, we're living it on a daily basis, aren't we? So it's nice to be able to hear it from the other side. It's almost like you're getting off the hamster wheel a bit just to have yeah. a look at your own your own existence yeah. within what you're doing and providing for other people as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Well, yeah. it's, it's interesting because Crystal said something in that in our episode that I'd never I'd never hear, heard her say about our, what our journey and and like what was that? You know, the, when she said about me being her carer and yeah. from, and the fact that she'd reflected on the last six months oh, of yeah. our relationship yeah. about what how much she she'd asked of me during the the period of grief and what has happened and you know I I did it obviously because Ryan does that because you're their husband right but, it's unconditional isn't it yeah you know? but but to hear her say that yeah was big for me yeah, yeah. it was big because I thought you know what it means that what I did do, and I knew she probably appreciated it, yeah. but it was nice to hear her hear her say yeah. that. I guess you know. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it, and 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 I feel taking us on to um, a big point that we have with this podcast. I really listened back to it, and it was really nice to listen to because I felt like it was really we had a laugh yeah. on it. It was a real yeah. kind of. There was a lot of humour through the through the podcast, which is important, I think, especially with the relationship dynamics. I, I remember in particular asking you guys mm. about the first time, and we, we asked the guests this: the first time that you do remember mm. laughing, laughing after mm. you know after your loss. And, and I think that's our real. Yeah. I really believe that's our unique selling point of this podcast. And we know we know the appropriate moment yeah. when to bring that humour into it. So that brings to a close this recap episode. Thanks to each and every one of our guests who've come on. If you are, uh, we always say this, we, we love that you're listening, but we hate that you have to listen because of the situation that you find yourself in or because a friend of yours finds themselves in. If you would like to come on the show, you can join us for as long as you like. It could be the whole episode until you get bored of us or just five minutes. Then get in touch through our website, stillparentspodcast.co.uk. You can find us on Instagram, stillparentspodcast. And it's all for the Lily May Foundation. Take care, everybody. And we'll be back very soon.